this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Last time that I'd seen Nickelback was it wasn't that long ago on like Facebook. It might have been MySpace. Can this pickle get more likes than Nickelback? The pickle did indeed get more likes than Nickelback's page. Mate, I don't get road rage. I know that's a terrible. You say You're that's a saint. Not same same old office is into sane means like players. smoke machines and stuff oh. and pyros. <laughs> <laughs> uh, long black double shot. Oh jeez. I like lots and lots of coffee and often. We wish you and your family a very festive season um, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and to all your listeners as well. Goodman, the Hop Nerd, bringing you another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast and a very festive episode indeed. I've got to tell you, this this is just a blast for me, getting to hang out with two of my favorite people on the entire planet, Steve Harvey and Josh Bryant, and we dive through all kinds of stuff, talking about the Hop community, our successes and our challenges, and kind of our wins and victories and all, all that kind of sort of stuff on this journey, and our strategies with a little bit of communication stuff, and a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and we go kind of all over the map in this bit of a, I guess, a year in review, past few years in review, and we start to ponder a little bit into our plans for 2023. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to leave it right there and just let you enjoy it. Other than to tell you to head over to the website, www.thehopner.com. Make sure you follow along on all things social media. Just go over and search my name, Sam Goodman on LinkedIn, click follow, all that kind of sort of stuff. And if you need any hop help, if you need any help with any of this human and organization performance stuff, learning teams, send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And with all that uh, being said, let's just jump right in. So somebody sent me an email about contractor management and how we bring contractors on board. So I sent an email back saying I am ethically against asking organizations for their TRIFA rate. So they replied back to me and said, well, what are we going to give them? I said, oh, I've got just a thing. So I read Tuma's book and I got some other questions and I put those questions back to the organization and they're going to run with it. So we've completely taken away Triffa for this for this one project, right? But if it goes well, who knows? So yeah. I like I said, I just said I was ethically challenged. Uh, I couldn't yeah. I, I, the Triffa the total recordable rates do not mean the presence I've, of safety. I feel you. It's on like that yeah, it's like you said, Steve, you know, us being in contracting, it's it is still one of those things that is used in negotiations, etc. Totally understand that, but like it's just the it's just the wrong measure um of an organization. It's almost like a lazy measure in some ways, if you're comparing me to someone else. I always I always joke around with my boss and just saying, like, you know, oh yeah, they've had five years injury free. They are much better at hiding injuries or injury management. <laughs> I ever will be, and I apologise for that. But um, I guarantee I'm much better at organisational learning, critical risk management, and actually engaging with the workforce. So 
you know, come and measure that, come and have a look at, come and kick those tyres. But I mean, that's, but that's, but like that's companies like ours. I'm, well, I'm quite glad to say not, not really anymore, but in the past, that's what we've expected from you guys because we just don't know any different, right? Yeah. So that's why we, that's, and that's, that's what we do. We just don't know any different. So we'll just go, oh, like the, the procurement people will just say, oh, just ask for the recordable rates. That, uh, but, but yeah. now I think now the bigger, companies hopefully I mean, hopefully some of these mining companies in Australia will really lean into this and mm-hmm. and then that will influence all of industry right but I know companies like mines are, are like the people like me and they're saying hey this doesn't mean that we are safe you know we really I want us to stop planning for failure and start thinking about how we plan for success because that's what we always talk about right oh what if this goes wrong what if and I'm going nah well, let's set them up for success so that we so we they know what the hazards are and how they're going to manage work and how we're going to partner with them. Yeah, what's what's been good from I guess from our side is that we track the number of shifts that we actually like work. So you could go, yeah, a shift is like twelve hours. So we we calculate all those shifts across our business, and you know, ninety nine point eight seven percent of the time things go well. So you know, why am I putting so much energy in this point? one three percent like it's just it's crazy so you know and having that understanding of okay well why did it go well like is it because we did you know really good reviews of our controls is it because we made those improvements based on worker feedback like is that is that why we're going well um you know i know it's a common term you know are you good or are you just lucky but if you can really demonstrate like this is why we're good and this is why we need to focus on things go go well like you know much better measure yeah, mate, that, that's something that I've really been talking about over the past year, talking about success, talking about all that work that's going amazingly well and like how we need to start looking at that. And mate, you start to see, like and, safety's not allowed to be a positive thing. It's crazy. Yeah, mate, yeah, totally. Yeah, you're, you're really right. Well, and and, and mate, we've got other, and a lot of times safety people have got all the power to say no, but none to say yes. Yeah. And, that, and that's where they get their power from, right, by saying no. And it's like, that's not a baby low anymore. We're enablers. It's so yeah. it's so funny that we're stuck in that negative thing because it's exactly what we're talking about, right? We're talking about turning that on its head to try to view the presence of positives, right? As a much better indicator, right? And so especially when you tie that back to contractor stuff, that's what I see here at least. Um and I see a lot of uh almost like sunk cost kind of ideas into this where we've been using some organization, right? some contractor management program, right? External to the organization that we spent millions of dollars on that give us a A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever, right? Some red, yellow, green box. And it's all based <laughs> off of TRR, right? There's there's a couple kind of presence of positive things where it's like, do they have a written safety program? It's not, it's not like dug deep into that, right? And most of those boxes are even like, well, okay, they've got a respiratory protection policy. It's not really digging into the meat and potatoes of that stuff. It's mostly taking their instant rates and comparing it against average instant rates for their organization and spitting you out some, you know, color grade or letter grade that tells you whether they're awesome or they suck, right? And it's horrible. It's horrible. And so one thing that I've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen this with some of those contractor management things, and I've been on both sides of this. I've spent about half my career in the contract world. I spent about the other half of it now working directly for folks that employ a bunch of contractors. And I will tell you, being on the contract world, you know, that's works dependent, right? You get really good at case management. You get really good at creative math. You get really good at kind of those things that you have to do, right? On the other, back to driving and creating the wrong behaviors, right? 
on the other side of that, you know, from a, from a, a, a client kind of organization, I mean, you're looking at this like, oh, they're an A plus 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 plus. We have zero risk now, right? Which is just insane, right? Just absolutely insane when you really kind of say all that stuff out loud. But there's been a lot of negative, kind of unintended side effects. It's just stuff I can I can share with you guys just from my kind of recent years of experience, where we'll have like mom and pop contractor down the street that has like six employees that do an amazing job and are right there in the nick of time, anytime that you need them because they're basically your next door neighbor. And they have someone fall in the parking lot and break their leg. And because they have six, six employees and basically no man hours, <laughs> like, right? Like in a trip of 4,000. <laughs> yes, 4,000. They're never going to work with us again. And now we're forced to say, sorry, we're just going to cut ties with you and go with someone that's much larger and can absorb those injuries easier into their rates. And so even yeah. from, you know, I, I don't know how it is for you guys, but I know around, at least around here, you know, we're really focused on trying to keep business in our area. And yeah, we'd yeah, much I mean, rather do business with our friend down the street than, you know, somebody across the coast. And that's an yeah, unfortunate so byproduct, right? Yeah, I can definitely talk to it. When I, so I, had a, I was working at a local council for a wee bit there, and the directors were saying, how can we get local businesses coming through? And I was like, well, it's what we do is we bring them on board and then we help them come on that journey. It, like we... If you want to get these local companies and they don't have the systems in place, that's all right. We'll partner with them. Mm. And I keep emphasizing that we will partner. We will partner. But they just got hung up in the paperwork. And I was starting to talk to them about, so don't worry about Triffa rates. And then they were talking about starting to count these rates. And I said, remember the rates are not a measure of success and they're not a measure of how safe work is done. So I feel like big, big companies like the ones that we've been at have a duty. To sort of help these smaller places and and bring them on, right? Yeah, and particularly yeah. particularly in, the, in some of the regional areas of, of as you know, Josh in Queensland or whatever, we, we really need to sort of help these guys. And but just by being around people like Josh, myself, and Sam, you, and all the, all the other people, we will make make it better, right? Yeah, yeah. collect collectively. I mean, I don't mean just as on our own. We're not. It's, um, it's it's funny, Sam, because you know we work. We work really closely with our clients. Some clients make us use their systems, um, and all, I've always had this worry in the back of my mind. But you know, you haven't considered our risks. Like we're very unique in what we do. Like you know, let us bring our expertise and even our management of our own risk. That expertise there, let us do that. And what I've pushed recently with a client is, don't make the relationship about you attending toolbox talks and coming to do audits. Like come and actually have a genuine conversation and be curious about what we do like actually be quite genuine in your discussions the client pushed back a bit and just said look you know not here to be your mate and I thought I didn't ask that um all I said is just develop a genuine relationship and then that way if anything were to go wrong um you know we're we're more open and genuine because we've got that relationship with you Mm -hmm. but we also can share with you about all the things that we do really well as well like imagine Christmas right some people hate Christmas um because of their relics and their relationships whatever but you know that's not what christmas is all about christmas is all about you know that warmth that feeling like you know mate you should see steve street in brisbane right you could the iss can see it right the international space station can see it as they go around and they, oh, they go to- oh yeah that's houston new york and steve's place right that's that's how it works but i know it josh I know it drives you insane, Steve, the amount of people that come down your street and you struggle to get a park. And But, again, focusing on that, you know, that 1% that's bad, the 99% is that warmth, that 
feeling that people get to come to your street, etc. The conversations, the period of that this time of year, it's like it's absolutely fantastic. Focus on the things that go really well and focus on like the good in things. Yeah, Josh, to, to that point, I've got a, someone flew a, a drone over the top of it and it looks amazing. So I'll send you the video and you can have a look. I'll put it on my socials. Yes, and you, please. And you, and you, yeah, and you please. can see it. It's, a, it's amazing, mate. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's funny, I do get tired of this stuff. And then people say, hey, I've been bringing my family here for 10 years and the kids are all older now, so it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's definitely a good thing. And I suppose that's... That's what we really want to try and do in safety as well, right? We get we're getting tired of it, but we're starting to have that shift where we're being positive. And I was just saying to Sam earlier, and in my organisation, people are starting to really, really like the way that I'm communicating risk and, and communicating safety. And Josh, that's the same. You you've been doing this stuff for years as well. Yeah, uh, our, our guys are really, you know, we're actually showing interest in their work. So it's not about, oh, you know, here's the 12 days of Christmas and here's some crap on each day of those 12 days. Oh, today's about hand safety and, oh, what he got tomorrow? What what other juggling show you got for me tomorrow? It's actually, <laughs> no, I'm really interested. I'm really interested in your work. Um, and that's what we've seen this year, I guess, Steve, like I guess in reflection is one of the biggest things with the learning teams we've done is, is none, none of it's been about safety with the workforce. It's all been about you know, operations. We've done learning teams on like how do we improve travel? How do we improve receipting? Um, how it. do we improve changing ropes on a bit of equipment? Um, you know, how do we improve our onboarding? Like none of that's got to do with safety. And like, that's what people are interested. You're actually interested in their work. So, um, and again, yeah. that's when you build community within your own workforce. Because it's like, oh, yeah, we're all trying to do, you know, safety is an outcome here. This is a benefit of like just improving operations. Love it, Josh. And you're right. That's yeah. a byproduct of improving water, right? Safety and, and the culture will just improve as well. Yeah, mate, that's something I've definitely worked on in next year as well, going into 2023. Yeah, that'll be that. That's where my focus is. I, I'm, I'm going to try and not talk about safety and just talk about work. And I've already said to my boss, I'm like, I'm not a safety guy. I'm, I'm a change, uh, I'm a change agent. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way I've communicated myself. and and it's that's like what a, I'll be doing, doing for the next yeah. year as well. And, and people kind of like it, I think. Yeah. Well, it's like I said to, to both of you, you know, I think the turning point for me this year has been, you know, Triff got brought up in a conversation and my CEO turned to me and said, oh, you wouldn't even know what Triff is, Josh. Like, you wouldn't even know what it is. I don't know why I'd even ask you because you just don't care about it. And I went, that's right. Like, that's, you know, it's that consistent messaging that we got through the year. Like, it's just not important anymore. Like, it's no yeah. focus on the stats. Like, you know, let's yeah, let's yeah. improve work. Let's have let's have fun. Hey Sam, I'm gonna flip this over to you, mate. But so yeah. you know, yeah. I guess what's been your what's been your biggest success this year? Apart from that amazing book that we flogged at our book club. <laughs> <laughs> what's, 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 oh, what's it called again, Steve? What's that book called? Oh, suck less. Oh, that'd be a great I don't, I don't remember. filler. Oh wow. <laughs> 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 nice clean boots for that to go in, you know. That's how. That... <laughs> uh, your your biggest success or challenges this year, Sam? Um, I'll start. I'll start with challenges, and I'll, I'll kind of just kind of reiterate some of what we're talking about with contractor stuff. I think that's been one of the larger challenges I've been involved in this year. Is exactly what we just started out talking about: is how do we bring our contractors along on that journey? And I'm just making that as a statement. I don't. I don't have a broad answer for that yet. Um, still thinking that one through, but I, I think that that's some of it is shedding that TRR kind of aspect of measuring 
and starting to move that in a much better direction. As we're kind of saying, just getting back to the basics of what it is that we know works. And part of that is looking for the presence of positives, right? Rather than the absence of negatives, back to just our general redefinition of what, what good is, whether, I don't know if I would take that well beyond safety, right? If you guys were kind of mentioning, I think that's probably been my biggest headache this year. <laughs> it's probably that one. Try, try to work through, work through that. Um, I think for me, one of my biggest successes this year, uh, both in my kind of day job and beyond that uh, has been this kind of mass push of really just cutting out a lot of garbage from organizations, just garbage that shouldn't be there. Right back to this idea of starting from a place of trust to continue to plug 10 ideas to make safety suck less. Um, this idea of starting from a place of trust, it's in there. Yeah. That's, that's something that's in there. Um, I'd have to scroll through to tell you what page, but, uh, <laughs> I think, my, my, my copy's got so many rabbit ears through it and folds right. and highlights. And yeah, it's one of those things I don't think I can pass on. That's been, that's been the the rock that I've been pushing up a hill for the past couple of years, but I feel like I've, I've caught more ground with it this year than ever before. Is this idea of trusting those that we work with. I've been kind of beating that drum for a minute. And because that's probably the most frustrating part, I think, working in an organization. I don't know if you guys echo that as well, where it's just this general distrust of our fellow humans, especially those down mm-hmm. through the organization, especially in these very hierarchical organizations, is this idea of folks farther away from work, smarter, more, more, definitely more respectable, right? Definitely looking out for the best interests of the company, those near to the work, not so much, right? Just trying to get something over on the company, always trying to break the rules. You know, that kind of normal parent-child relationship crap that we see exist in tons and tons and tons of organizations. Um, so much of that kind of success, I guess, in in seeing it manifest has been just seeing some of these organizations take rule books that were hundreds of pages long and just throw them in the trash can. Right. Like accepting that that's an answer. Like we can just tr- like the like this bullshit about like having to, you know. Oh, well, just make sure that you pause and look both ways before entering a hallway or else. <laughs> like, we don't have to write that crap down. Like, we can throw that in the trash can. Like, mm-hmm. oh, make sure that your coffee cups are, you know, um, that they have handles or else. You know, right. Exactly. It's got to have a handle. And, and you need to have that adapted to fit a lid also, Josh, uh, because that's super dangerous. And don't take that in the stairwell or else. Um, like all these kind of like stupid things, right? That's just infuriating. I, I know. I'm, I'm sure it's you guys experience right? that, too. To where you just look at it and you go, did someone forget that we work with a whole shit ton of adults here, right? Like every single person here is an adult. <laughs> so I think I know that's a bit of a rant, but it's a rant towards success saying that I've seen that start to change, at least with the organizations that I'm around. I'm going, wait a second. These people are adults. Maybe we should treat them like adults. That's probably a great idea. You know, that's probably <laughs> an excellent idea. You know? and, and so I, three or four or five years ago, um, I wouldn't have thought that, you know, that wasn't happening. That definitely wasn't happening, at least in kind of the organizations I'm around. And so to see that shift is huge for me personally, because that just boils down to like treating people the right way, you know, to again, again, to distance this farther from safety. Um, That's huge. That's huge. And that's, that's the rock that I'm going to continue pushing on, you know, as long as I'm living and breathing. Uh, until we until we get to the point to where you know again rather than uh defaulting to everyone's a shithead <laughs> you know let's 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 start on a better with a better assumption about our fellow man i think that's the place where all organizations start need to start with safety and, and anything else for that matter 
right? So yeah, challenge still tinkering with contractor stuff. So it's interesting that you guys hit on that because that's a place I know where I'm, I'm starting to pound my head against the wall not so much, but you know, just, it's just getting to that point. Um, successes continue to push the rock up the hill with this leaning into trust over distrust. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Oh, I'll have a, I'll have a crack at talking about some of the my successes and challenges for the year. I suppose, I suppose we need to push the big success, mate, but like the, the Brisbane book club thing, that's been, that's been amazing. Right. And that sort of came from after the pandemic and people, there was just no one networking, right? There was no one doing it. And, and I just felt we need to do something a bit different. And I was, and I was inspired by Jeff and those guys in Canada and, and like Josh jumped on as well. And it just started off shit, right? It started off small. Or we didn't even discuss a book at first. But then we really wanted, like, I remember talking to Josh and, hey, I really want people to to learn from this stuff. That, that I'm an educator, right? I love people learning from me. And then we had the two we had the two Brents over and we done that session. I need to share this, Sam, as a crier. We had the the two Brents over and I brought them into the the, the organization I work for just just for an, an afternoon. So we brought some of the should we say the great minds, Josh? We brought some of the great <laughs> it's a, minds. It's a it's a stretch to say great, but there was there were some minds in the room, all right. <laughs> yeah. So whenever there's a free lunch, Sam, like mostly the great minds will be there. Right. And uh, yep. mate, it, so it was so funny. I, I was I was typing on the screen and I was bashing away and I was like, why is this? Everyone's talking and my computer doesn't look right. And I was I had to just keep saving this document all the time. I had col- I had the columns columns on and I never realized, right? And I could see Josh is like, what, you, what are you doing? So, but that was a really great afternoon. And then afterwards we had the two boys and, and we just had an amazing night and it was really very cool. And that's when I thought, we're onto something here. There's definitely, and then obviously we had yourself, come in. So that's been a massive success for me, uh, professionally. Uh, yeah, just game changing that conversation, right? So the organisation I'm in are just so focused on doing safety a certain way, and then you get someone who comes in who's thought, nah, nah, that's not the way you do it. So I'm really changing the conversation. And so that's my sort of hope for next year as well. I want to actually do some bloody work. I need to stop talking and actually doing the decluttering work. Uh, that's a real challenge. And I'm sort of sharing items like paper safe. I don't know if you've read paper safe yet, Sam. Is that a, yeah. And I, and I dare say that's applicable to you over there as it's well. Back there right? somewhere. Yeah. It's such a great book. So I started sharing that with the, with the leaders and they're starting to go, oh, they, they naturally just assumed that paper meant safety, right? Mm-hmm. That's your protection in the court. So I've been sort of doing that work um, for next year. Like I'm really, I've done a few stand-up gigs this year. I've got one tonight actually, and then uh, next year I'm, I'm going to have a, I'm going to try and have a crack at this. Sort of see how we go. And uh, I've, tonight I've got my first ever one where I talk about safety. Oh God! So I'll, I'll, I'll see how that goes with the. I couldn't oh. do it in front. of safety people but i'm gonna have a crack at that and see what happens and yeah just we're really going to keep going with the book club i think what we've done with you mate shows that we actually can get anybody from anywhere really mm. and, and we're quite fortunate to have great supporters like josh and some of the others who really want to make it successful and uh, yeah it's cool so that's been something 
that we'll see how we go next year. But yeah, looking forward to trying to put a dent in the universe. What about you, Joshy? What's some of your mate? I, I think that book club involving you, Sam, has been was amazing. Um, and you see them popping up everywhere, right? And everyone just goes, oh, book club, what a load of crap. But, yeah, it is that absolute engagement that people have been thriving for um, post-pandemic. Um, and, again, I just – I know I've used the word a couple of times, but it, it is, man, it warms my heart. It's just great. And we've had a mix of people and mix of backgrounds and people unsure. And, oh, I just saw this post on LinkedIn and and thought I'd come down. And, you know, I'd, I'd just encourage it. Like, it's yeah. just trying to build community again that we've – that we've all been missing. Um, I guess, you know, on on that, I guess from a work front for me, um, we're just at a stage in the organisation where, you know, critical risk management's gone really well and we've had other organisations reach out to us because we're, we're very open with sharing. We're not experts. We've got nothing to sell apart from our amazing drilling expertise and not everyone needs a whole drill in their backyard. So that's not where we're at. But we we do try to share a lot of what we what we've um, done, and I, I guess one of the uh, two of the big successes that I could sort of lean on is um, we implemented the critical steps. So looking at critical controls, but also sharing those critical steps, like based on uh, Tony Mashara's book and and Jim Moranis's book, like we we actually read that stuff and like went, oh yeah, no, we can implement that. So we implemented that across all our processes and conversations. So that's been a real winner for us. So you know, and I. And when people come to talk to us about critical risk, we're actually starting to involve that language as well to go, look, it's all about having critical controls. I get that. But, you know, look at these critical steps as well. Where's those bits where, you know, you sort of hold your breath before you do the next thing. So that's been really cool. Um, My boss, uh, the CEO, goes to a lot of sites. He's always visiting sites, very interested in normal work. But this year he was actually forced to go to a remote site and there was no easy way to get out. So he actually was forced almost to like to be part of the work crew and absolutely loved it and came back and can really see the benefit of like these 4D discussions, like, you know, what's dumb, dangerous, different. Um, <laughs> lost the last one. Difficult. Um, difficult, difficult yeah. yeah. So he, that's you know, he was actually, he could actually come back and go, I can actually really see now as a worker why, why you actually are asking these worker questions and you're not standing at the front having a safety theme for the month anymore, um, talking about TRIF anymore. You're really talking about these successes and changes at work. Um, and, you know, that's that's making that's making a change. Um, another thing, too, is that people get a little bit scared, but we've introduced a little bit of technology um, in the business this year. So we take a 360 camera out in the field and we actually record normal work. And then we can bring that back to the office and throw that on a VR headset and actually immerse people in work and show them what people are going through each day. And we've used that for um, incident investigations as well. And again, like people just shy away from the technology going, look, that looks a bit hard. That looks really expensive. But um, for us, it was a, you know, US $400 360 camera, 300 US um, VR headset. And you're, you're in work and we've actually used it for recruitment and everything as well. So, you know, they've been real successes, but I um I can't thank Stephen enough. I, I, you know, this isn't the our show, but it is that you know Jeff's put forward these book clubs ideas, put forward building community, and you know these people giving back. Everyone's got the right to earn a earn a living. I get that, but like for me, safety's not proprietary. Like mm-hmm. you know, give like share what's working, share what's not working. Like we've got an amazing community, people reaching out. 
um, put yourself out there, ask lots of questions. Someone asked me about what do we do with Workplace Insights the other day. I just shared it with them. I just said, here, this works for us. Might not work for you. Um, but, yeah, please, like in 2023, yeah. just encourage all your listeners, Sam, that, you know, just give, like maybe give back. Yeah. Share. Yeah, man. yeah. Actually, yeah. Sam, I was just going to say, I know what you're saying, George, right, about giving. I actually forgot to mention earlier, but you said something to me a couple of months ago, and it's really inspired me, right? And I've got this little guy on my shoulder. Every time I'm feeling down, I've got this wee guy on my shoulder that's saying, you're trying to shift generations of thinking. So, do you know what it's like? This stuff is like a roller coaster, right? You, you're like One minute you're like, oh, wow, what an amazing conversation. People are on board here. And then something goes wrong and it's like, straight back down again, right? So that's that wee guy just sits on my shoulder in my ear saying, you are trying to shift absolutely generations of thinking. And it keeps me going. It keeps me motivated. Whereas yeah, Richard, before- Richard Brooks in the UK is the one who who I read that. And I actually reached out to reach out to Richard and I said, like that, that just reading that in that um I forget the actual article that you got, you submitted yeah, as well, Steve, yeah. yourself and Kim. And but like he just put in there, like, you are, you you remember with this change, you are going against generations of thinking. But the biggest thing that Richard taught me was you know, be respectful of that. Be respectful of where mm-hmm. people are at in this journey. And you know, oh, I've found hop. I found religion. Oh, you know, let's go, let's go to the church of hop. Mm-hmm. It's not like that at all. Like, not everyone's where you are or think the same way. So respect that, though. Um, and I think that's the thing too with these comments on LinkedIn. Like, I think some are, you know, probably a little bit too aggressive. But you know, everyone's everyone's entitled to an opinion as well. But yeah, always take that on board that. Look, we are going against decades of ingrained way of thinking, but let's be respectful of where those people are at. Um, and, you know, let's try and help them along. Yeah, I used to get quite emotional about this, Josh. You know, I would wear my heart on my sleeve and really get quite cranky. But like I say, this wee guy, <laughs> this wee guy, this wee guy on my shoulder is sort of saying, I'm, I'm, I'm helping. And that, and that's, it's really helped me, actually. I'm really quite calm about it all. And, and like you say, I'm respectful now for people because we've been doing it. Like particularly in oil and gas, right? We've been smashing people for the sort of smallest of activity, and now someone like me is coming in and saying, "I'm not worried about knife. I don't, I don't like, I, like I worry about the big ticket stuff." But they have had that smashed into them about worrying about knives for for years and years and years. So yeah, mate, that's a brilliant bit of advice. Actually, be respectful and and just I help them. Like we've um we've got a massive startup for 2023. So across all our sites. We normally do the stand. You're used to the same. Send out the PowerPoint presentation. Okay, supervisor stands out the front and basically Talk about reads it. the slides. Yep, reads the slides. Sign in. Okay, everybody, sign in. Come from head office. Here's the code of conduct. Love your family more this year, and then that you'll be safe. You know, care harder. <laughs> you guys need to care harder, and we'll be fine. Oh, you know, here's some. Here's a couple of slides on manual handling. Here's a couple of slides on hand safety. Okay, now go back to work. Welcome to 2023. So we actually, and Steve, this is a follow-up from some of the conversations you and I had, like we actually videoed the leadership team talking on a video and so that the supervisor can just come in and press play. And we don't mention safety once in the 30 minutes that the video goes for. And it really is about, hey, this is what we learned from work this year. These are changes that we're trying to make. Um you know, this is what you need to know from a maintenance point of view with your equipment. None of it was around, you know, you must, you must, you must. It's like, you know, this is the why. This is why we're trying to do these things. This is why we're trying to change the business. 
Mate, do, do you know? Sorry, Sam. I know Josh and I are sort of oh, really jumping ahead. into this thing here, but <laughs> this, you know, this mate, is when, this is great for me because I can just enjoy. This is <laughs> yeah, mate. No, it's good. And it's good to Josh and I chat a lot, but it's good to have you sort of here. And but I'm, I'm just moderating. On, I'm moderating this discussion. <laughs> I was just sort of thinking about like I've been how we can market safety better. How can we? Oh, not even safety might work. So that's why I've been creating like the memes and and. Uh, and the comedy writing, right? So I learned a lot when I done the stand up comedy course around how I can write better and how I can make stuff resonate. It was really, it was really quite cool. So that's why I've been really. Whenever I try my safety comms, I just like boom, try and make it have the have the slide of like the word of three sort of just tr just try to make them succinct and to the point. But you know how I posted that little video on on LinkedIn? You know that's like had twenty one thousand views. And it's getting lots of shares. And I think that's because people are really resonating with this. It's like, hey, we're fed up. We're getting the A4 bit of paper set telling us to be careful and, and be safe and be careful with that knife. People want to see a bit of fun. People want the piss taken out of them. It's, it's just, I've got it's another one thing. ready to go as well. So I'll launch that in the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so for me, it's this thing. And I, I noticed this years back. And I've noticed this around just change efforts in general, you know, because I think most of us have grown frustrated at some point in our career with our organizational approaches to a lot of things, not just safety, right? That kind of starchy approach to things. Here's your memorandum. Make sure you post it on the board, put it in the crew truck, make sure everybody reads it and signs off. What the hell kind of communication is that? That's not communication, right? Mm -hmm. And so I found myself with this kind of conclusion of, well, wait a second, like, we get to work and we pretend that everything changes, that people are suddenly commun that we communicate with them differently just because we're at work. But the stuff that works outside of work works at work too, right? So you start to see this entire kind of shift towards, okay, people like to be communicated with in more of this kind of YouTube-centric, social media-centric kind of environment. People don't want the memo. They don't want the 47-slide PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> They don't, it's because what happens, right? You send that to a leader and I'm, I'm, I'm a leader out in the field and I'm going, okay, this on top of all the other crap that I have to deal with in the next 15 minutes, okay, everybody sign in and let's go to work. <laughs> you know, there's just no value. So it, to me, it's, it's giving them something that's actually valuable and something that you kind of enjoy. Right. I think it can be both. I definitely think it can be both. I'd seen uh, something I'd seen more recently <clears throat> is an organization that kind of, you know, a few years into their journey with this stuff. And so they were doing all these executive videos and doing these kind of like quarterly, they were calling them stand downs uh, and kind of doing all that stuff. And they shifted that up to focus on it more as resets, you know, kind of, okay, kind of pause kind of stuff. Let's pause and talk kind of thing. And they shifted away from it being just kind of safety, safety garbage, right? Those normal kind of slip trip falls off, you know, last month we had too many people fall down, so don't fall down anymore. Mm -hmm you know, kind of stuff. And so more recently they started. That, is the, best, is, that is the best thing I've heard. I love it. People, <laughs> too just, many people are falling down. Please don't fall down anymore. Please don't fall down. <laughs> Pay more attention. Um, and so they start, so their, their executive videos that they're producing for their kind of next round of this is their executive team sitting around being vulnerable, talking about times when they have personally experienced failures and talk about a huge shift, right. Of kind of that idea of like, okay, from up on high, don't make mistakes to this kind of group of really well-respected leaders saying, you know, we fucked up sometimes. I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> you know, let me tell you where I messed up, you know, and that's way different. Right. And not most of it's not safety related. Most of it's not directly safety related, but it's breaking down some of those barriers to conversations 
that have existed in the past. Right. And I think that's, that's hugely powerful. I know something that uh, I've been a part of doing is getting rid of the PowerPoint presentations altogether, getting rid of safety meetings altogether where you can, and really spending time with leaders to give them more powerful questions mm-hmm. that they can sit down and talk to their groups and try to learn from them rather than talk at them about how they should do things. That's so much more useful to a leader, right? If you think about it, of going, because again, most leaders find their way into leadership positions because they're really good at doing insert whatever they're really good at doing here, right? And most organizations uh, have a really rough t- go of trying to actually provide education to their leaders or they just don't do that, right? So you're a great fork truck driver. Now you're a leader of a hundred fork truck drivers. Enjoy. You'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> and we don't spend time with them giving them those skills and, and, and uh, really giving them those questions, you know, and I think the question part is important, right? Rather than just throwing out PowerPoints and throwing out um, those kind of normal injury stat kind of stuff as we we're talking, too many fall downs, don't fall down no more kind of stuff. Empowering leaders with better questions to go out and learn more about normal work at their at their pace, at their time, seems way better than like, okay, every quarter we do 15 minutes. Yeah, all I was going to say is like we we talk about trying to make sure things go well like you know some people call supervisors the frozen middle like oh mm-hmm. mate they they are the most they are your biggest source of success like the the day in the life of a supervisor being around them if you can make life go well for them and they understand what you're trying to do as well um and I think that's what's landed so well with us with this focus on like organizational learning or the four Ds, et cetera, these workplace insights is, you know, we're actually trying to make things better for you. We're not trying to make, you know, increased work. They would look when we introduced workplace insights, I was just like, oh God, it's just more work. But it was like, oh, actually, if you are going to ask people to do stuff, you need to give them, close that feedback loop, give them that information back. Like, you know, same with critical risk management. Oh, yep, we found these fails. We had four fails. What were those fails? What were you doing about it? Then the super, you actually start to gain trust while the supervisor is going, these people who actually <coughs> control our resources are actually useful to us. And so, yeah, you know, we're, we're working as a team. Let's, you know, let's let's work with them. Oh, workplace insights. Oh, Josh, let me show you these workplace insights. Have a look at this. And so, I mean, it's really like don't just see them as a problem and you're you know the way that you can help a supervisor is by giving them more powerpoints and and xr here's a great new toolbox talk for you like get rid of that well and i've I've seen that where you know i think the frozen middle to me i kind of find that more at the kind of manager director level in organizations more so than the supervisor level and i'll make your hro ears tingle here steve with this one um but it's one of those things where a lot of times organizations are too invested in arbitrary authority of mm-hmm. positions in hierarchies rather than expertise. Yep. So again, you find those folks that are kind of in the middle of the organization, kind of managers, directors, and a lot of them with maybe political ambitions of growing farther in the organizations who then have supervisors on their legs and executives pulling on their arms and they just feel kind of stuck. They're like, well, I know that I've got here through maybe those things that I've done already, that kind of normal approach to your point. I think it's really healthy for us to recognize that, also, back to your earlier point around this kind of idea of presentism, that we don't want to we don't want to look back on maybe our past evolutions and kind of judge that based off of kind of our now our, our standards of today, right? That's kind of not great either. But they find themselves kind of stuck in that position, and I guess where I'm going with this is this idea of 
I think that you have to lean farther into expertise, right? Back to, and that, I think that just reiterates a lot of what we've already talked about. Those kind of driving back down to even that frontline supervisor is much closer to normal work than their their leader and their leader's leader really will be. But the way most organizational hierarchies function is we put way more, much more authority into the director's opinion than what we do the frontline leader's opinion. Yeah, and you I, I still think we have to break down some of that. That no, I'm not saying we have to like burn the structure and have anarchy. That's not what I'm saying by any means. But I think that as far as kind of that flow of maybe um, the ideas that we need to lean into more and the people that we really need to go out and seek to learn from, right? It's starting with that understanding. I spend my time coaching leaders with that all the time. Directors that have, especially directors and VPs and up maybe beyond that level that have come up from the field, they still think they understand normal work. <laughs> and there's a lot of conversation that has to be had of like, That's I don't thing, care Seth. if you did this yesterday, you don't understand it anymore. That was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think that, <laughs> you know, like whenever I get the fo a forum to talk to people, I always make sure I'm using language around, hey, are people on the front line know what's happening? Are, mm. are people, are people, just go and have a chat with them, bring them in. And it's a bit, a bit of frustration of mine, actually, that we just don't really get to hear that voice. I'm so used to being close to the front line. Uh, and this role for me is, is a little bit harder. But So what I say to that frozen middle, as I've just called it, is I want you to know that if something goes wrong, I will be right there beside you. I, I will be there in your boots and I will not judge you. So if I cannot fix anything, if I can not change anything in this, in this organization, I want you to know that I will be right there beside you and we will get through this together. And I think people kind of like that authenticity. And, and, and I'm, as, as you guys can appreciate, I'm bloody genuine, right? Yeah. And, and I, 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 and I often, whenever I hear stuff going wrong, I always say, God, I wonder why that made sense for him to do that. Yeah, and that sort of changes the whole conversation as well. It's cool. You're you're hitting the nail on the head for me. Whether we're addressing that frozen middle piece, or we're addressing tons of the other stuff that we've kind of chatted about, and well beyond what we've talked about, it's shifting that mindset throughout the organization towards one that seeks to understand. Yeah. Right. Instead of you know, we could throw the judge word out there because we yeah, sometimes it does get judgy. Sometimes it does get blamey. Blamey is a word, right? Blamey, blamish, blamish. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you, get, you get what I mean. But even even if we're not judging and blaming, we're still kind of defaulting into that like, well, they probably should have known better, you know, kind kind of mode, right? We're still we're still kind of defaulting in that way. What if you just start from that idea, whether it's with your kind of post event learning review kind of stuff whether it's, you know, from that director's level position that's just not understanding why, maybe it's not an event, maybe work's just super sluggish and we're being super inefficient, right, from their, from their perspective, whatever, right? Starting with that kind of seek to understand hat on, rather than going out going, I think I know the answer because I'm the director. But unfortunately, with kind of more of our historic kind of hierarchies, right, directors direct, managers manage, supervisors supervise, there's not a lot of learning, uh, learning focus, in much of those titles, right? So I think that's that shift, right? Towards that idea of seeking to understand always, always kind of with that hat on going forward. I don't care if it was a fire. I don't care if it was an explosion. I don't care if it was just somebody forgot to shut a door that's supposed to always be shut. I'm going out to understand rather Same than as. to come up yeah, with the answer. That's that's excellent. That I really like that. Okay. So I, I, I know we're pressed for time. We're getting towards the end of this. I got a couple of things. So I want to go straight to Josh. 
to get his take on this Nickelback video that had come out not that long ago. <laughs> so the, the last time that I'd seen Nickelback was it wasn't that long ago on like Facebook. It might have been MySpace. Uh, that'll tell you how old this was, where it was like, can this pickle get more likes than Nickelback? Do you remember that? And the pickle did indeed get more likes <laughs> Nickelback's page, <laughs> but that's been years ago. So I don't know if that still exists. But what like, hot take? Hot take on the Nickelback video. <laughs> uh, look, I'll, I'll be like, this actually was driven by by Steve. We, we were talk, talking about you know communication of message and, and actually shared some of some of some of uh, Steve's safety memes with my kids, and they were laughing. And um, they're the ones who actually showed me the Nickelback video on YouTube that said, "Look at this graph." Um, and I just edited it and I threw the triff graph in. And then I just, I sort of sat on that for a long time and was just like, it is, it's a, it's a piss take of the Nickelback video. Like, look at this graph. It's exactly what triff is. Like, why don't you just take the piss out of it? And I was quite genuine with my post and was just like, look, you know, I, I, I've seen lots of posts where they celebrate, you know, oh, we've had 3,000 days LTI free. Like, I would hate to be one of those workers and go, what if I'm the next LTI person? I've ruined that. Um, I've had clients come to me and go, oh, until you guys came along, you know, we were um, so many years injury-free. It's just like, well, you know, at least come on, let's learn about this. So, look, it was a piss take, but it was quite genuine mm -hmm. with my message and obviously it resonated with a lot of people. Um, I think it's had like nearly 70,000 views, something like that. Oh, so, cheese, mate. Um, but, the, yeah, but obviously... And there's been a couple of comments, Sam, where people have gone, can we go down and smash the sign down tomorrow? You know, there, there's been, so it's actually resonated with people. But it was quite genuine. We we don't talk about TRIF in our organisation, Sam, and it makes such a difference to our leaders, the CEO. The board doesn't even talk about TRIF. They, talk, they look at workplace insights and they look at our critical risk management and that's their focus. And then they'll look at like the financial performance, but that's, yeah, I guess coming back to your original point, Huge. no one likes Nickelback, no one likes Triff. End of story. <laughs> well, so, and yeah. that, that's so powerful, though, because, you know, mm -hmm. um, I've been a part of organizations that were that had the air count clocks hanging on the walls, mm -hmm. right? The day since recordable type of stuff hanging on the walls, the pyramids scrolling across the TV, right? The whole nine yards to where when that finally, like, I don't think the organization realized the impact, the negative impact that those things were having until they we'd finally gathered enough suggestions in kind of this listening session approach to get them to understand that no one wants that crap. And then sites and locations had celebration days and pulled them off the wall and like threw them down the hallway and like kicked them out in the parking lot. And like, I mean, you know, like office space, you know, when they have the printer outside the copier and they're all like bashing it, it was like that kind of stuff taking place on sites. And they're like, wait a second, we just turned this into a huge win. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Actually, we listened. I, I think, we listened. It's great. It worked. <laughs> yeah. I've I, I seen on Josh on your post a guy commented around that they use that board now to count down people's birthdays and and uh, and count down to Christmas. And I thought that's cracking. I really that love was, that. Yeah, that's, that was that's the such best. a better use, right? That was the <laughs> yeah. best. Yeah, okay, that so, is a better, better use. So I, I, we're 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 right at the end, right? And so, sorry, Sam. No, no, I'm I'm just. I've been loving this. This this is this is a really dumb, stupid surprise for you. And it's not really a surprise, so don't get your hopes up. Um, but it's a Christmas party, so we have to have a Christmas party game. Okay. So I've been using these these stupid icebreaker cards, questions for humans, right? For some of my meetings <laughs> at work. To because this is some wacky question there. So I'm gonna pick one, okay? And I'll sling it your way. Okay, you ready? Oh, okay. Shuffling up here a little bit. 
What gives you road rage? Oh, I can I can talk to that. Do you know what, mate? I don't get road rage. I know that's a terrible. That's not it. No, because <laughs> I learned. I've learned over many years that I don't sweat the small stuff. And my, my wife, on the other hand, she, she I'll, gets I'll rage, right? She broke the horn. So she, somebody's she, tailgating she, me? Bro- yeah. <laughs> my wife broke the horn on her car because she just kept going. <laughs> Come on, but Josh. I am, I am, I'm very calm. I don't get road rage at all. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm exactly like Steve because um, I've got a 16-year-old who's learning to drive at the moment, and I'm actually – I'm actually quite calm. Um, I probably get more pissed off or road ragey when someone's like cutting me off or speeding or doing whatever, like they're being stupid on the road. Like it's just you're being inconsiderate to to everyone else. Yeah, so, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's Rapid just, fire. But, but, but I was going to say, mate, if you were going to ask me what my guilty secret was, I would tell you <laughs> no. that I could I could sing every Wham and George Michael song on karaoke. So okay, so I, I pulled I pulled I pulled two cards here in preparation. So right, I'm, I'm going to lead this one. Okay, rapid fire. This leads right into your thoughts here, Steve. What song do you wish was playing every time you walked into work? Oh, jeez. Um, so many, but I'll go for a Wham song since I love Wham. Uh, let's go. Wake me up before you go. Go. Like it. Come on, Josh. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, <laughs> mate. <laughs> um, Is it Nickelback? <laughs> no, it's not. It's actually Foo Fighters, but I'm trying to pick the right one. Um, I reckon. Is it? Is it? Uh, yeah, Pretender by Foo Fighters. I could have that playing every time you're I so, walk in the work. You're so trendy, mate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go more hardcore. I'm gonna go with something more like Daddy-O. Yeah, I'm gonna go with something more like I don't you're know. Sam, what would you Sam, what would we be playing for you? Probably something Metallica. You know, something, something oh, like you two, you two, Sam, Sam, offices enter Sandman's like smoke machines and stuff, and pyros. Looks like I'm a professional wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm going for Can the you cheese. Smell what Sam is cooking. <laughs> I'm going for the cheese, and you guys are going for all the bloody hardcore trendy stuff. <laughs> okay. What's that? What's the other one? Rapid fire. How do you like your coffee, and what does that say about you? What oh, is? Oh, I mean, I, well, this, this. I, oh, sorry, Josh. Where you go? No, you go, man. <laughs> Well, I went for a ride this morning on my, and with my mate and he says, I said, oh, I'm, I'm having a chat with the boys today. And he was like, oh, well, you need a coffee. And I was like, no, nah, I don't drink coffee. And he's like, oh, I need to, you need to, you need to be hyped up and yipped up. So I had a mocha. That's what I had today, mate. So I just, I like the chocolate and the sugar, right? That's like, that's, that's probably what that says about me. But yeah, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a green tea drinker, to be honest. Lame ass. <laughs> Sam, a uh long black double shot. Oh jeez. I like lots and lots of coffee I dig and it. often. I dig it. So I'm I'm with you. So I've been doing my, my thing is anything cold brew and usually in a oh, gallon yes. size. Yes. And then if 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 you you know, so I we have a Starbucks right across the street and a couple of little mama pop coffee shops and they all have great cold brew. You throw like a double shot on top of that cold brew, excellent. Excellent. I'm with you, bro. I started I started making the Vietnamese iced coffee too with a little Vietnamese coffee filter at home. Oh, dude, super, super stout. So if you like if yeah. you like the strong stuff, 
definitely worth the the uh, Amazon purchase. So one, one more one more <laughs> last answer. One, last we, one. We, we got to get done. What's an office buzzword that drives you nuts? Collaboration. <laughs> I'm going with synergy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're both. I can't really think one right away. But yeah, we'll do it our way. Let's collaborate, but do it our way. Yeah, yeah. I'll do a two for I'll alignment. Think. That's always a fun one. That's how, how how many alignment meetings have you been into that have been fun? Yeah, I mean, alignment, alignment is definitely a, a word that you hear a lot, and then there is no intention of aligning at all, right? It's, I'm going to so, tell you how you're going to align with me. Is usually how those. Yeah, meetings. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. I would, I, I agree with all of it. But man, that was awesome fun, and I hope you guys have a great bloody Christmas. Same. I hope you guys have a phenomenal Christmas. Merry Christmas! Thank you guys for hanging out. Um, before we go, how can people find you? You guys have been posting a bunch of awesome stuff. We we're just talking about your Nickelback video on LinkedIn. Yeah, Steve, I mean, Steve's killing it over on LinkedIn too. Like I'm. You guys are making me LinkedIn jealous over here, guys. I'm, I don't know what I'm, I'm – you guys are going to have to school yeah. how to come up no, with some me, I, I, that's, that's something I've just started <laughs> leaning into myself. I've always thought LinkedIn was a bit serious, but now I kind of – the success – obviously, I've got my little Instagram page, Safety Boy, B-H-O-Y, if anyone's looking out for it. I post, try and post a heap of funnies on there. But I think the fact that that video that I shared on LinkedIn sort of resonated with a lot of people, I might start pushing a wee bit of that content from Safety Boy onto, onto LinkedIn. But yeah, you can get me on LinkedIn. You can uh, find me on my Insta pages. Always happy to connect and always happy to chat to anyone who's looking to put a dent in the universe. Love that. Yeah, Sam, I'm just on LinkedIn as well. I I don't post often, but I do share and like a fair bit. And when I post, I, it is a genuine trying to give back to the community. So, And I usually respond to most emails. Lots of people do reach out and we do share what we're doing. But like I said, we're not experts, man, but... It's working for us. We're we're a business where we can do little micro experiments and share those as well. So it's fantastic. But yeah, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. But Sam, yeah. like on behalf of Steve and myself, mate, we appreciate your friendship first. That's probably number Same one. Here. You gave yeah. us our I think, mate, we were you were you were our very first podcast that we were ever on anything. Um Yeah, the power of us saying we should do that again, mate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being part of the Brisbane Book Club. Like that, you're a bit of a surprise guest. So um, we probably, you know, surprised the people who were there that we were organised to talk to someone in America at midnight <laughs> your time. Um, yeah, they thought, it, they thought uh, it was going to be Clive Lloyd. People, yeah. people were saying, um, oh, I thought it was going to be Clive. <laughs> but, but sincerely, mate, like we wish you and your family a very festive season um, and Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and to all your listeners as well um, and wish you all the best for 2023. Yeah. And, and Sammy, just before we go, mate, if anyone... Would like to be part of the Brisbane Book Club because now, after the phenomenal success of you, if people are always happy to sort of have a few more people, we know what we're, I think we know what we're doing now, Josh, don't we? I think we've got yeah. that. We, we, yep. That one was pretty successful. The only thing we never done was record it, so we we'll, won't make that mistake again. We'll record it next time so that we can share it wider. But yeah, it'd be. And we've got a few extra guests already planned for March, so we've got yeah, we do. Rob yeah. Fisher and um. Uh, Brent Sutton coming back over, so we'll yeah. organise a few other yeah, special nice. ones as well. But yeah, yeah any, any, awesome. anyone, we'd, we'd love to get the guys that wrote that Critical Risks book on there. Yeah. I, I definitely love those guys to have a chat, but I know they're based in America and they're maybe, but yeah, Tony and, and Jim, etc. So if they're keen, yeah. let's have so a Merry month. Christmas, Sam. 
Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for coming on. And a big Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas to you and a Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us on this year interview. And a huge shout out to Josh and Steve. Make sure you go follow along with them on, I guess, all places where you can follow along with them. They just post some amazing stuff. They're doing amazing things. And they're just, you know, when you say just good people, they're just good people. They're great people. They're amazing people and i'm very very thankful for them and i'm very very thankful for you until next time it is sam goodman the hot nerd signing off bye everybody bye